I'm your co-host, Adrian. I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. And today it's my turn to talk, damn it. Uh, oh, so, well, no. yeah, we, did, uh, we didn't know you wanted to talk so bad. Oh, no, you're good. Sometimes I sit and scroll my phone when you'll talk. I'm just kidding. I'm paying attention uh-huh, because I'm thinking uh-huh. and plotting yeah. about murder. Uh, sure. So uh, I'm going to talk about the newest source book from Wizards of the Coast, which is Mordekainen Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Uh, it is pretty new. I think it came out May 17th. I was kind of frustrated with this release because you could have bought the book like months ago, but you had to buy it as a set with two other books, which I already had copies of. So, uh, overachiever. So, it's weird. So, uh, so, one of so things... it's it's D and D teams up with Marvel then, right? Or M- EA Sports, multiverse. or uh, yeah, no, it's, multiverse. A, it's a cross of that for sure. Uh, so they they teamed up with the multiverse. It's all over things, multiplane, whatever you want to call it. And so there's. Uh, not really so i thought there were going to be more changes to the actual like monsters but they just kind of changed their stat block so it's not really a big deal but i want to go over it so uh the biggest change is actually from the players races so all of the races have been compiled into this one book so it's all there so so all the playable characters then all the playable races are now in one book and that's aarakocra all the way to yuan t so there are so many um, available ones that you can play. Uh, one of the things they did remove, if you're familiar with the player's handbook and races, is it will have like background of that race and like where they're from and all this stuff. They've whittled that out because it's not that big of an important thing. And some players found it limiting, while some found it helpful to get a start on what they were writing. So it really depends on what you're looking for. You can easily Google it, though. So do not... Right. Use- Right. Stirred by that. So. No, I'm I'm definitely one of those people that like needs as much help as possible coming up with a backstory that's at all interesting. Though I th- I think all the interesting ones have been done at this point. But that's the beauty well, of D and D. You can do it all over again. Yeah, right. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Okay. Yeah. There's no. There's no copyright. I mean, there's definitely copyright in D and D. That's the reason uh... we have halflings and not hobbits. But the um, the main right. thing is you can recycle. The but the beauty of being a DM is you can try to find a show your friends haven't watched yet, watch it, and then steal a plot, turn it into D and D, and then just hope they don't watch the show until you finish the campaign. So, mm-hmm. Or they get spoilers. Or or books. Books work too. Yeah, if you read a book someone else hasn't, go for it. Try to read the new ones before anybody else gets a chance to and write I, your plot I, about that. I, definitely read a lot more books than i've watched movies in the past several years (laughs) that's true yeah um so what i wanted to do was kind of give an idea of what kind of changed between races so for example there is text in volo's guides to monster monsters volo's guide to monsters uh page 119 is where the cobalt traits can be found uh, this is the monstrous adventurers, so this is just giving you playable races. There's not a lot of text here for a kobold. That's more information provided in the new book. But essentially, it's you get an ability <laughs> score improvement of your dexterity score increased by two, and your strength score is reduced by two. So they're not really st- strong. Uh, a kobold reaches adulthood at age six and can live up to 120 years, but rarely does so. But, 
Uh, they, they fighting? That's a wild, just like the ecology of that is bonkers, but okay. Yeah. Six years, you're an adult. You can live up to 120, but you're never going to make it. Yeah. So uh, alignment I mean, kobolds are fundamentally selfish, making them evil, but their reliance on the strength of their group makes them tend towards law. Uh, they are sized between two and three feet tall and weigh between 25 and 35 pounds, but they are considered small. Uh, they do have dark vision for 60 feet. Uh, they have grovel, cower, and beg as their racial feature. As an action on your turn, you can cower pathetically to distract nearby foes. Until the end of your next turn, your allies gain advantage on attack rolls against enemies within 10 feet of you that can see you. Once you use this trait, you can't use it again until you finish a long or short rest. They also you can only <laughs> you get tired. It just wears you out from begging. Yep, you're just really bummed. Uh, pack tactics: You have advantage on an attack roll against a creature if it is at least one of your allies is within five feet of you. So same thing happens with wolves and regular kobolds. Uh, they do have sunlight sensitivity. You have disadvantage on attack rolls with the wisdom perception checks that rely on sight when you, the target of your attack, or whatever you're trying to perceive is in direct sunlight. And then you can read and write common and draconic. So they don't, I mean, it's a racial stat block. It's not a, a lot. But if you go to the new book, you can see kobolds on page 25. They have an actual text block now that says some of Run the Run the name of that new book by me one more time. Mordekainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, you just like, the, the new book, page 25. And I was like, mm, I'm, I'm running fast. I'm going to need a reminder. We got a lot one. to yeah. cover. Yeah. Uh, Clearly. Right? It's important. These have magic. I'm digging it. Uh, some of the smallest draconic creatures in the multiverse, kobolds, display their draconic ancestry in the glint of their scales and in their roars. Legend tells of the first kobolds emerging from the Underdark near the lairs of the earliest dragons. In some lands, kobolds serve chromatic or metallic dragons, even worshipping them as divine beings. In other places, kobolds know too well how dangerous those dragons can be and help others defend against draconic destruction. Whatever their relationship to dragons, kobold scales tend to be rust-colored. Although the occasional kobold sports a scale color more akin to that of a chromatic or metallic dragon. A kobold's cry can express a range of emotion, anger, resolve, elation, fear, and more. Regardless of the emotion expressed, the cry resonates with draconic power. Ooh. They scream. That's I bet it feels draconic. Sad dragon cry. Exactly. Roar. Um, there are different changes to this. So they are humanoid. They are a size small. They do have a walking speed of 30 feet, which is standard. Uh, they do have dark vision, as normal, same as the last of that. But this is where it changes to, as a bonus action, you let a cry at your enemies within 10 feet of you. Until the start of your next turn, you and your allies have advantage on attack rolls against any of those enemies that can hear you. You can use this trait a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long or short rest. So similar to the cower option you just scream at them instead and it has more of a draconic you know broy present versus a dangerous one um hmm. they do have connections to the dragons so uh choose one of the following legacy options of your kobold so instead of pack tactics you have craftiness defiance and draconic sorcery so you have proficiency in one of the following skills of your choice arcana investigation medicine sleight of hand or survival that is craftiness. Defiance, you have advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the frightened condition on yourself. And Draconic Sorcery, you know one cantrip of your choice from the Sorcerer's Spell List. Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma is your spellcasting ability. For that cantrip, choose which one you select when you select a race. 
So there's a little bit of differences between races when you move from one book to the next. Uh, they have simplified it and given you all of it in one single book. So, for example, if you guys wanted to look at Genasi and a bunch of other races, like monstrous races or anything, you would have to have the player's handbook for the standard array of monster or playable case characters, Volo's mm-hmm. Guide to Monsters, and maybe Elemental Evil Companionship book or whatever. So there's a lot of resources that spread out. There's like more than 45 source books for 5th edition right now. So this takes 45. all of the Man, more than I was people. thinking like a dozen. <laughs> no, a lot of them. Uh, no. So they're all the races in this case are compressed into one book for you to use, simplified and ready to go. Um, wow. It's very And handy. it includes non-playable? Or is it, it just... It includes a bestiary as well. Okay. How, how so... beastly is this book? <laughs> uh, the biggest chunk of it is bestiary. Um, it is, so for example, Playable Races runs from page 5 to 36. The Bestiary begins on 37 and runs all the way to 283. Oh, okay. So, I, I mean, I was just thinking the book would be bigger, but it's, no, pretty... Uh, it's about player's handbook size. Yep. Well, player's handbook, I'm looking at 319 right now, so... Uh... So yeah, 288, so about 40 pages off. Yeah. Um, there are 250 beasts in here. So it must be pretty condensed then, is kind of what I'm getting at, I guess. There are a few repeats. So yeah, you're, you're getting newer monsters as well as some of the other ones that we've actually covered in the series before. So I flipped through it as like, I recognize that, and I recognize that, and I recognize that. So um, what I'm going to cover today is an interesting uh, concept which is the different breakdown they've added to monsters now. So previously, they would list out, like, here are your actions and here are your reactions. Now they've kind of Mm. split it slightly differently in the book. So what I'm going to cover is the War uh, Priest, which is in Mordekainen Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. Uh, And on page 254... And a war priest worships deities of war protection and strategy. They plan tactics, lead soldiers into battle, confront enemy spellcasters, and tend to casualties. A war priest might command an army or serve as the right hand of a warlord, uh, which appears in this book on the battlefield. War priests typically adorn themselves with the symbols of the faith. You can roll on the war priest's holy symbol table or choose what fits your campaign. There's just a list of what holy symbols you can have. Uh, this one looks like an Elvis woman of Asian descent holding um it looks like a coat hanger a very fancy coat hanger with chains um (laughs) i don't know how to describe it it's kind of like an eye mask it might be something to do with the moon goddess selene because the moon's in the background i'm just taking shots in the dark here they're not like heavily armored it's kind of robes and everything so this is meant to be a essentially an npc who is an adventurer or somebody with similar stats to that so this is a war priest. They can be any alignment, depending on which side of the war they're on. And they're a medium humanoid. They have an 18 armor class for plate armor. And their hit points are 117, or 8d8, plus 36. Uh, they're a medium creature, so they have a speed of 30 feet. Uh, they have a strength of 16, which is a plus 3. A dexterity of 10, which is a 0. A con of 14, which is a plus 2. An intelligence of 11, which is a plus 0. 
a wisdom of 17, which is plus three, and a charisma of plus a 13, which is plus one. So really wise, pretty strong, not really too good at anything else other than constitution, because I got to make those saves. Um, So the block hasn't really changed much. If you've looked at one monster manual to the other, there's not much of a difference here. Uh, But the only thing they've really done is separate actions, reactions, and bonus actions. That's kind of the biggest thing they've taken away from here. The other thing that they've done is change how they list spells. And I'll get to that in just a second. Uh, this War Priest has saving throws of 6 and 7 for Constitution and Wisdom. They've got a plus 5 for Intimidation and a plus 4 for Religion. Because you want your War Priest to be scary on the battlefield. Uh, they have a Passive Perception of 13. They know any two languages you want. And they are a Challenge Rating of 9. This sounds so, terrifying. So- yeah, fairly fairly beefy. Very beefy priest. Like, I always picture a priest, I don't know, healing somebody in a church, not going to war, but war right. priests, they well, go to war. Well, this is a war war priest, yeah. With their yeah, they're like, you know, those, those, hanger. those generals that have just all the buttons and stuff, but they're all, they're deity symbols all over them. Heavenly symbols. This one is a hanger and um, some creepy eyes. So whatever you got to use for your magic symbol or your uh, arcane focus, you got to roll with it. They have a multi-attack with a maul, and it uses holy fire. So a maul is their weapon attack with a plus seven to hit. They have a reach of five feet. Uh, They can only hit one target, which is common. Uh, They do 2d6 plus three bludgeoning damage plus 10 or 3d6 radiant damage. Uh, they are also using holy fire at the same time. The war priest targets one creature. Uh, it can see within 60 feet of it. The target must make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw on a failed save. The target takes 12 or 2d8 plus three radiant damage, and it is blinded until the start of the war priest's next turn on a successful save. The target only takes half damage and isn't blinded. This is where they've changed from the previous models is their spell casting. The war priest cast one of the following spells using wisdom as the fo- spell casting ability mo- modifier. Excuse me. The war priest cast one of the following spells using wisdom as the spell casting ability with a DC save of 15. So they have at will light spare the dying and thaumaturgy standard cleric spells and then once per day each so they can cast each of these spells once they can do banishment command dispel magic flame strike guardian of faith hold person restoration and revivify so they can do all of those once that's once per day yeah yeah once per day yeah they can revivify someone once per day exactly i mean on a battlefield there's probably a lot of casualties so maybe not that useful but if you got that one pivotal player that's uh yeah you got to get them back up um, the the difference here between previous versions of the book, when they say you're a spellcaster, they list your cantrips that you can do at will, and they would say first level spells, two slots, and then list the spells you have. This one is making everything more streamlined to where you get them once per day, and these are the spells you get. There's not a lot of thinking. As long as you're familiar with the spells, you don't have to look up and see what you're going to be doing. You're like, whoop, I'm going to use hold person, and when I finish it, Mark it off the list and carry on. Um, right. I would say as a DM, I might swap a few of those around a little bit. Like, oop, I use Flame Strike. 
uh, but I'm going to use like hold person as third level instead of revivify, which is a third level spell. That's personal choice. It just depends on what the situation dictates, right? Uh, the last thing they did for this character is they now split from actions to bonus actions. And a bonus action for this war priest is healing light, which they can do twice a day. The war priest or one creature of its choice within 60 feet regains 12 or 2d8 plus 3 hit points. So not only are they beating the crap out of people uh, or casting a spell, they can also heal themselves in another round or somebody on the battlefield. So there's some differences there is how they're spreading out the steps you can use. I, for once, like seeing this because I can go, oh, as a bonus action, I can do this. So as a DM, my thought is always the action economy in the game. So you as a player, you have a move, an action, a bonus action, and a free action if you choose to take it, right? You get to decide how to use that. You have a reaction too. I always forget about those. But this will actually give you a breakdown. It's like, okay, well, all of these count as actions because they're listed as actions. Oop, I got a bonus action. Extra health for me. And then I go and defeat more enemies on the field. Right. So, very handy. Uh, I think this is an easier way for players to look at this. I don't know why I was under the assumption that Wizards is going to have a bigger change in terms of this because this is this book is kind of moving towards the next version of Dungeons and Dragons. I don't really see how, that big how, of a change. I was going to say, how often do versions come out? Like, it's not. It, it depends the game's how been around like for a they long are. Time. Right. Yes. Um, so fourth edition, I think lasted the shortest amount of time. Um, I'm looking it up, um, (laughs) when it came out. Uh, so fourth edition was ran from 2008 to 2013. Oh, okay. That's more recent than I expected actually. Yeah. So fifth edition came out, it was called, I think D and D next. I could be wrong on that. Nobody destroy me in the comments or whatever but uh their fifth edition was introduced around 2012 and so 2013 is when fourth edition was phased out uh two th- our third three and a half or edition 3.5 came out in 2003 so it lasted from uh 2003 to 2008 uh what hmm. i want to know is um we're probably looking at a newer version of D&D coming out in 2024. Oh? Yeah, so that would be a 10 years of 5th edition. So right, new right. Edition comes you think out. they're going to go straight into 6th, or they're going to go like 5.5? Like, mm, we really kind of like a lot of these mechanics and how it goes. I think they're going to carry them over, because some of the mechanics really haven't changed from other editions, because I've played 3.5. Uh, but fourth, fourth was the big change. That's the one that they modified things to try and simplify it, but people didn't like it because it kind of boxed people into what they could play or how Mm. they use those characters. I tried it a little bit. I will say it wasn't my favorite edition. Uh, you know, it was great when one of the trending questions is, was D and D four E a failure? Um, so yeah they did their best I'm gonna, when did 3e come out it's gotta be from the 90s oh yeah um, let's find out 2000 I thought it was older than that 
And and it only went from 2000 to 2003 is when Three and a Half came out? I would say 2000 to 2008. So it was about eight years. Because Three and a Half was just slightly modified. Um, I, gotcha. I want to say Three and a Half kind of came out to kind of help with Pathfinder. Because Pathfinder is another game which has so many... If you thought D&D had source books, woo, Pathfinder. Uh, but <laughs> they uh, they were spinoffs of Wizards of the Coast. And so there were some of the employees who started their own game. And that was released around the same time. So like Three and a Half and Pathfinder came out together to a degree. Um, gotcha. So lots of people playing it around that time. I personally, I've liked 5e the best. Mainly because I have money now as an adult versus as a kid who couldn't afford source books so yeah. um yeah. now i have too many and i'm kind of i read the it's coming out in 2024 and i'm like wow that's a lot of money i won't i mean i sell the books hopefully it's not too wild i mean you have source books for like locations and stuff i have a feeling right. i'll stick with 5e for a bit sorry wizards so <laughs> you're yeah. invested now I'm, I'm very invested. There's so many books <laughs> on my shelf that I'd be like, well, I'm going to go kill another tree. Uh, so, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are being more digital. I think we've talked about it before, but D&D Beyond wasn't owned by Wizards of the Coast. It was third party. They just licensed their material to D&D Beyond. And so they actually just purchased it last month, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, oh so much money and so helpful software so it's very nice to have but right right now it's looking like if you purchase your own book you can also get the digital version with it for either a small cheaper fee or using the same like proof of purchase code or whatever yeah yeah that's what i want i don't know i'm part of me really wishes it's like scratch offs like you just buy a book and scratch out the code but i doubt that will happen Maybe it's just like a mm. gift card attached. I don't know. Who knows? They'll they'll figure it out. So, uh, yeah. what magic item do you guys have for today? So today, I came across in uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide on page one eighty one, the Mirror of Life Trapping. Um, so this is a wondrous item that's very rare. Uh, when this four-foot-tall mirror is viewed indirectly, its surface shows faint images of creatures. The mirror weighs 50 pounds, and it has an AC of 11, 10 hit points, and vulnerability to bludgeoning damage. It shatters and is destroyed when reduced to zero hit points. You know it's a good item when it's got AC and hit points. It's own oh, AC yeah. and hit points. Clearly breaking it might be important. Uh-huh. So, Very important. A good good thing to hear they made it realistic to a mirror, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. An AC of 11 seems pretty low, but high I mean, for... you're hitting an inanimate uh, object. Yep, that was the next phrase coming out of my mouth. So, yep. it's like, shouldn't be too hard to hit. If the mirror is hanging on a vertical surface and you can... You are within five feet. You can use an action to con- to speak its command word and activate it. It remains activated until you use an action to speak the command word again. Any creature other than you that sees its reflection in the activated mirror while within 30 feet of it must succeed on a DC 15 charisma saving throw or be trapped, along with anything it is wearing or carrying, in one of the mirror's 12 extra-dimensional cells. 
This saving throw is made with advantage if the creature knows the mirror's nature and constructs succeed on saving throw automatically. They're got that high enough charisma, I guess. No, that just won't trap They're so pretty okay. they can't be trapped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or they can't see their reflection, is that it? An extra-dimensional cell... Yeah, yeah. An extra-dimensional cell is an infinite expanse filled with thick fog that reduces visibility to 10 feet. Creatures trapped in the mirror's cells don't age, and they don't need to eat, drink, or sleep. A creature trapped within a cell can escape using magic that permits planar travel. Otherwise, the creature is confined to the cell until freed. So it could be a minute. If the mirror traps a creature, but its 12 extra-dimensional cells are already occupied, the mirror frees one trapped creature at random to accommodate the new prisoner. A freed creature appears in an unoccupied space within sight of the mirror, but facing away from it. If the mirror is shattered, all creatures it contains are freed and appear in unoccupied spaces near it. While within five feet of the mirror, you can use an action to speak the name of one creature trapped in it or call out a particular cell by number. The creature named or contained in the named cell appears as an image on the mirror's surface. You and the creature can then communicate normally. In a similar way, you can use an action to speak a second command word and free one creature trapped in the mirror. The freed creature appears, along with its possessions, in an unoccupied space nearest to the mirror and facing away from it. Heck yeah. So yeah, it's a little it's a little uh, portable prison you got there. I guess it's like a 50 pound, so not too portable. That's still pretty portable compared to, you know, prison prison. Prison yeah, prison. Yeah, yeah. If you got like a wagon or something, I'll carry that I, My first thought was this would be a hilarious way to introduce a character. Because uh, you don't age. So throw in a character right. who has been trapped behind, like, trapped for, like, a hundred years. They're an elf, so their parents are still alive or whatever. Or, like, just have their whole family disappear. Like, humans. If they're in long enough, their whole family's gone. If they're kobolds, yeah. their family was already killed, probably. Because apparently they don't live <laughs> very long. So I think it would be a very useful tool for that one. I've used it in one campaign. And it was yeah. very helpful. I had um, a room of test subjects, which were essentially revenants in little test tubes. Big, well, big test tubes. They're normal human size. And um, yeah. if, if you're familiar with a revenant, which you can check our episode on revenants. It's in like the first three, I want to say. Um, it is a, a creature hell-bent on murder. And it is immortal, and except for if it's like unable to kill its person in like a one to five year term. I don't remember how long. But essentially it just resurrects itself, finds an empty body, and starts making its way to murder again. So the there were five revenants Committed. in this house, or in this uh, experimental lab, and um, the party had to try to save them, be- or to stop them and trap them because they were going to kill some of their friends. So, you had a choice, trap in the box or I, let him go. It seems like a, a useful item for, like, a big bad to have that he's he's trapped a bunch of, like, wise wizards of the past. Or, or, or not of the past, but trapped wise people from around the world in so that he can, like, talk with them. Because... Because it has, like, you know, you can speak a command word and be able to talk to somebody in it. And so it's like, oh, yep, I just, 
got the smartest people around and and I've got them as my eternal um um conference. Yeah. A grad student puts their whole committee in there. So ask them question whenever they want. <laughs> that way, yeah, that way you can task them, get a hold of them at any time. Yeah, and it says they take their belongings, so you can send them in with a laptop. Mm-hmm. I would have been mm-hmm. nice if I was I, trapped uh... in one of these to write my dissertation. Yeah, I don't know how Wi-Fi is in there, though. I mean, print all of your documents, kill more trees when you buy your fifth edition books and write your dissertation. So... Yeah, I, I can see that. Time doesn't pass for them, so they don't age. So that's right. nice. I think it would be kind of fun oh. for like a culture shock of somebody's been trapped in a mirror so long. Right. Yeah. Like this would be a fun trap to kind of throw off in a like random home. It's magic, so it won't fall apart. So maybe the parties in like a random village and like ooh a mirror and then somebody traps them or yep yep it's just just been activated it's been sitting there activated for 30 years or whatever and some one of the party members walks in and looks at themselves and then just they're gone and then everybody else is like where where did they go but it's probably full because it's been activated for 30 years so a random guy shows up oh well (laughs) okay it's like Hey, uh... <laughs> and they have to figure here. out what the hell's going on. Yes, it would be hilarious if it was like the owner of the mirror who is just like shit, trapped again, and then his village burned down or something. And he's like, "Wait, where right. are my parents?" Also, well, whoops. so it, it it does say the person that speaks the word can't be trapped in the mirror, but I guess you could probably bend that rule. You can play with that. Play with whatever you want. It's all made up. Yeah, you're the DM. <laughs> It's a trap. You can do whatever you want. I think I've used it as a trap because I tried to capture the party in it before they realized what it was or before I explained what it was to use it in their situation. So, yeah, you just put the party member right. in it. They used it by holding it and rotating it around and aiming it at other their enemies to try and trap them uh, because revenants are single-minded and they tend to not attack inanimate objects. So, good times. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's interesting that it, it does specify it's got to be mounted on a vertical surface. It's like you can't have it laying flat on the ground. For some reason, it doesn't work. Like I'm like, eh, does it not? Yeah, I guess you got to look at it versus hanging it on the wall. Oh, God, imagine it was in like a sleazy motel mounted on the it's ceiling. The, I was going to say it's above the bed. It's above the bed, and then you're just like, well... It's been a lovely night. Magic word. Roll away. And I get trapped in a mirror forever. So, any tips for tonight? Any questions burning the old Anything you want to know? I heard you had your creative juices flowing. Adrian's just falling asleep over here. She's being very participatory. I'm trying. I'm pretty close to that as well. It's pretty... It's not even late. I think she she came home from work early because she was sleepy. So... was sleepy. But I also don't I remember to... the DM tip we planned out, so <laughs> the don't stop looking at me like I'm going to ask it, because I don't remember. Oh, man. You came up with everything today. You get to talk. I usually talk too much. You guys can talk today. Sure. Sure. I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Well, Thomas uh... mentioned before we recorded, you had your creative juices flowing. Was that yeah, D&D yeah, yeah? Related? No, so I, I was, I was. Well, so no, kinda... he was lying. Oh, 
I, yeah. Mm. You were talking about, because I was having alcohol. Oh, so oh. you were off camera. I wasn't aware it was a drinking joke. I thought it was just like <laughs> a, a joke joke. Gotcha. No. Um, no. I could tell you a bad joke I played on my party recently. Uh, I gave I mean, them, they were working for a uh, company who they had been tasked with going and retrieving some items off of an island and the company is famous for making potions and they get the reject potions so all of them are pulpy so (laughs) (laughs) yeah every health potion you're expecting to like quaff real quickly but it's viscous and pulpy and it was fun to describe (laughs) it as the party's like we're in combat everyone loses it and they're like it's pulpy and just like kind of not happy to have to describe a pulpy viscous solution being chugged in the middle of a fight scene. It took a yes, while to get we, back uh, on topic. We, we uh, in my campaign that I am playing in, we recently found a jar of like some sort of healing solution that was, but I think he, I believe he described it as like thick and viscous, and so now we have a sharing spoon to administer each other healing potion, <laughs> healing potion from. What if it's an ointment and you're just using it wrong? <laughs> it's meant to be rubbed I mean, on the body and you're f- just like, let me have a spoonful of that healing Vaseline. <laughs> to be fair, most of us were going to ignore it, but our druid tasted it and figured out what it was. So, Oh, nobody knows identify, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, there but are... The wizard might. The wizard might, but the druid was like, I lick it. <laughs> I lick it. That's how every... Uh, that's how you know you're playing a fantasy game. You'll lick anything in the fantasy world. But unless uh-huh. you're a geologist, uh-huh. those guys lick too many things. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, they that's do. That's true. Ugh, no. man, though. You talking about viscous fluid just reminded me of the milk I poured in my smoothie this morning. Why Ooh. are we on this topic? We have really gotten off viscous topic, guys. Fluid. This is our tip, milk. how to introduce viscous fluids into your campaign. So uh, many ways. Bad so milk, ways. healing potions. Ointment that's meant to be consumed versus rubbing on a body. <laughs> it's it's internal, eat, internal ointment. You internal eat the ointment, the best kind. You can, it can go in one of, yeah, there's a few holes it can go in, I suppose. But. That's true, oh, but no. if you're using a spoon, <laughs> probably best to ingest it. Yeah. <laughs> that, Never apply to your wax with a spoon? I don't yeah exactly i yeah i've i've enjoyed i so we were supposed to play our regular scheduled game on saturday and we had two players who had to go out for a family emergency and then one just didn't show up didn't answer it's like wow it's truly D when you get ghosted so um they're like oh well what are we gonna Maybe do they're trapped in a mirror you're trapped they were trapped in a mirror they were busy so we were um kind of waiting around they're like well we can just chat and my immediate thought was i have so many other things to do besides sitting here and talking not that they aren't lovely people to talk to but i was just like i'm gonna use this time wisely so i was like okay we'll make characters in 30 minutes and i'll run a one-off and we did we started at six we actually started the game at about 7 30 because we waited about an hour before about 45 minutes before we like ah they're not coming and i was like let's do it so we ended up playing till about 11 o'clock at night a one-off i pulled out of my butt i was downloading and putting maps on foundry as we were talking i was like you come upon a scene that is 
sceny as I type in like words. By, like, <laughs> you you playing Mad Libs with it, huh? Yeah. And how does this one feel to you? How would you describe this scene right before your eyes? Yeah. So that is how I was doing a lot of pinch. This scene is an adverb. <laughs> and it mm. feels other words. Nowny. Nowny. <laughs> that's that's not how these work. <laughs> I don't know how adverbs work. I I barely remember what an adjective is. So I am not helping for this. I hope that's at the beginning of every like Mad Libs book is like here's what an adverb is. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it has to be. I think it ends in like ly. I don't know. It describes a verb. Yeah, it modifies a verb. I don't know why you're all giving me this lecture. We're here to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) You're the one ad libbing adventures and then admitted to your. At least I'm not adverbing them. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah I'm doing my best they were fun we had a good time and I, then I was like I, we're gonna pick this up at another one off time and everybody's like I want to make my character now I'm like it's midnight and I don't care anymore uh huh so I'm gonna go to bed now so oh, had fun, okay though. so I That's guess say bye part. what was that <laughs> you said you're gonna go to bed now but I would love story, to go to bed so. right now I know it's only 8pm and I am so tired. I don't know what's wrong with me. So, yeah. But you're not going to, are you? No. I've never. No. no. I was going to make tea yeah. and try to burn my house down. Come on. Uh, so, <laughs> there was an open flame and it was on for 15 minutes. I'm a professional. Uh huh. Yeah. So, Chemist, yeah. right? Yep. Y'all ready to wrap this episode up? Anything to plug? I don't Besides think so. something with ointment? Go. Go play. Go sleep. It sounds like it sounds yeah, like all take, of you just judging by nap. You all need naps. Take a nap right now. When you're finished you with this it. podcast, if you're not driving, take a nap. If you're at or work, you know, find a quiet cubicle. I'm sure. I'm sure. Maybe maybe that's what we need to have us a uh, a sleepy session. time episode. Yeah, yeah. Where we're meditating. We'll all, we'll all talk into the mics like this, and we'll tell you about. Sleepy time monsters. Does that um, help? What would be a sleepy time monster? Anything that knocks you unconscious in one hit. <laughs> that doesn't involve fire. I guess uh... so. I would say um, anything that does death by massive damage in one hit, depending on character level. That one's fun. Or just has sleep spells. I, you know. I guess you could do it the magical way versus the physical violence way. But right, I mean, if you put them to sleep while they're over water, it'll work. True, or sleepy time tea. Mm, sleepy time tea, it's the best. That's not the tea we're drinking. Although it feels like I drank some right before this. So, uh, with that, guys, let's say bye. 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 I want to take my headphone off whenever you're whispering into the microphone like that. (laughs) (laughs) I am not an ASMR person.